0: I doubt if there is any problem, social, political, or economic, that would not melt away before the fire of such a spiritual undertaking.
1: Oh, yes the
2: Michael's a uh, big proponent of the Hallmark Company. He thinks, you know, <laughs>
0: Valentine's card. Like, Hallmark I'm one Company of the, invented romance. What you
1: I'm, I'm, one of their, I'm one of Hallmark's main editors for the uh, blank birthday cards. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> the
2: okay. cards, blank insides.
1: <laughs> blank insides, yeah, for the blank insides. <laughs> I'm their main editor. <laughs> <It's important.
2: laughs> hmm. So you're that you like
0: have to fill out food after you got COVID because you can't taste anything. It's just all that terrible stuff. But anyway, we're joined today with Tony. Uh, me and Tony met at a conference and we chatted it up and we stayed in touch. And uh, Tony, you want to introduce yourself a little bit here? I mean, if you don't have to, you can just be like, whatever. I'm a voice in the void, just like the rest nah, of us. I'm
3: a, I'm a voice I'm in the void. To um, right? I'm, I'm Tony. And um, I study uh, I study late antique and early medieval Western Europe. Cool. And that's, that's about it in a nutshell. Cool.
0: Um, And apparently you hate um Do you, you hate religion or do you hate the term religion? Because I see, like, I don't I, think
3: it's useful. I,
0: I see a little shrine of Richard Dawkins over your shoulder. Do you like, there's no Richard
3: shrine attention? of Richard Dawkins <laughs> over my shoulder.
1: Just a turtle.
3: There's a dead animal. <laughs> <Yeah>. but...
1: Donatello. <laughs> Got Donatello hanging from your wall.
2: Or is that, is that an actual crocodile skin or is mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: not a crocodile alligator oh alligator okay it's an alligator Um, all right very
2: cool what is the difference
3: uh crocodiles i think reside in like uh australia and maybe africa alligators are generally smaller and um they're just different so i'm not an expert on crocodiles so i can't draw the contradistinction perfectly (laughs) so but alligators i've never heard of anybody keeping a pet crocodile but my family has kept pet alligators so uh, this was not a pet Uh, just (laughs) full disclosure
1: (laughs) 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 I was going to say you got some real dark parents like (laughs) (laughs) let's stuff and put it on the wall
0: (laughs) Um, what do you do with a pet alligator do you like play fetch with it
3: I have no idea Uh, so um, just a bit of an antidote. Um, my, my uncle had a pet alligator. And the reason he got the pet alligator was that the, the local neighbor uh, was a cop. And he had the great duty of um, confiscating pets that people weren't supposed to have in the city. And so he had all these exotic pets that he would just keep for himself. <laughs> and he passed off this alligator to my uncle when he was a kid. And, uh, so he kept the alligator, but the alligator, you know, it grew like, it grew big, you know, like Mm -hmm. six, seven feet, something like that. And, um, you know, it got out a couple of times and he basically concluded, I need to get, I need to, to, to get rid of the alligator. So he wound up donating it to the local zoo, but he told my mother, um, his, um, told my mother. That actually, he released it into the wild in the, the city park, <laughs> and where she used where she loved to walk home to school through, and so she avoided that park for the next like five years because she was terrified of encountering the skater, and uh, she was very resentful of the fact when she realized that it was a ruse all along and he had like completely forgot to tell her the truth uh, because she basically ruined five years of like walking home from school.
0: Was it like a longer walk then? Did she have to go a longer
1: way?
3: Yeah. She took a longer walk even, and it was like less, less, uh, naturey.
1: It should be everyone's dream to have some sort of like urban legend based off of something they did. Yeah. That's actually true. That's
0: true. Yeah.
3: How did the term. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Tony. No, no. I was just going to say, um, I was just going to say that, um, that with regards to the term uh, religion, I just um, I don't dislike quote religion, right? I just dislike the term because I think um, I think it papers over a lot of phenomenon that we actually in reality struggle with, and that uh, it doesn't. It has presuppositions which simply aren't true. So like when you say religion, people immediately tend to think of it in like this modern sense of, oh, religion versus secular separation of church and state. Um, it's usually a, supposed to be a private affair, not a public affair, right? So, but if you go and look back at, you know, ancient texts or, you know, medieval texts, the, the religion or The Latin phrase religio is often used in terms that one aren't private, uh, two aren't detached from politics, three, um, you know, uh, denote things that we wouldn't normally understand as religion. And so, for these reasons, I just think that it's not a very helpful term in terms of like historical study. Two, I don't even think it's a very helpful term in terms of um, describing uh, modern issues. Like, it, why is it that a conscientious uh, objector can um, refuse to serve in the military because uh, they believe that you know military killing is wrong, right? Mm. How is, and they do so on, because of their belief in a certain god or whatnot. Um, but that's also a political act, right? Mm. And then you also have say the CEO of like Chick-fil-A or something like that, where they don't open the stores on Sundays. Uh, is that just a purely a business act or is it a religious act and, um, or is it both, right? In in the modern parlance, we would say it's both but then we draw lines of, you know, oh, the little sisters of the poor can't run certain facilities, Um in accordance with what they believe to be religion, because you're running a business, not a church. Right. Um, But people seem to have this conception that, um, religion is purely supposed to be a private affair and that politics is supposed to branch over paper over all these different religions. Right. Or, or conceptions of like living Mm -hmm. life, which is why I prefer, um, the term, um, I actually borrow this from like Pierre Hideo, uh philosophy as a way of life, right? Um, uh, Pierre Hadot does, um, he does uh, ancient philosophy, uh, studies ancient philosophy and uh, French scholar. And um, basically, I just think that a better term that would more aptly capture it, what we're trying to talk about is philosophy as a way of life. So this is why I, because really when we talk about what does it mean to be a Christian or what does it mean to be a Hindu or Buddhist or, you know, or Mm -hmm. anything else, right? It's not purely restricted to politics. It's not purely restricted to interior life. It's not purely like divided off from how you run your business or make a living, right? Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, right? So it's, it just seems to me that using the term religion kind of gives like this rhetorical trump card for someone to say, well, there's supposed to be a separation between religion and this because religion inherently isn't supposed to branch off into these other aspects of life. When Historically, that's never been the case, and even today, it's not the case. Mm-hmm. And to pretend that it is the case or should be the case is to, I think, basically be a lie, a dishonesty. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's kind of where I, I'm coming from, where I dislike the term mm-hmm. religion because I think it, it, it adds it, it confuses more than it clarifies.
0: So, is it generally the um, privatization of belief? that you have the hang up with, would that be the main crux of why you think it doesn't work as a term? That would be one of them.
3: Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I mean, I guess you could have like an everyday conversation with it. Right. But yeah. in terms of like trying to construct, uh, uh, a greater description of, you know, society or the world, like this, this just doesn't work. Right. So but yeah, I think the privatization of it and the the quadrant, the, I'm butchering my pronunciations, but the quadroning off of, you know, from it, from how you understand what ought to be politics or economic arrangements or conceptions of law and justice, um, what to do about, you know, Environment or how to treat your neighbor uh, at a um, at a public festival or something of that nature mm-hmm. right trying to lop that off and keep that as separate just seems to me to be completely artificial because like if you go look at say like late antique Rome regardless of whether they, you're talking about a Roman Christian or a Roman pagan for lack of a better term because they didn't use the term pagan but They that that understanding of religion would be completely foreign to them because, uh, for them, um, sacrality was everywhere. This conception of like sacred and secular is also completely foreign to pre modernity. So,
2: Mm -hmm. so if I understand correctly, there was no because the sacred was so important and it was such an important part of Roman life, there was no separation. Like, you go do your sacrifices at the temple, but when you come to the forum, keep it purely secular. It was everything was kind of melted together. There was no separating the two out. Is that kind of like, yeah, simple term, yeah, pagan, yeah in, exactly. There's that yeah, okay. That's a you know, that's pretty interesting. I wonder if the establishment of a of a european christianity that became a political force that was much more temporal than and correct me if i'm wrong but while let's say you know the caesars were seen as kind of deified peoples mm-hmm. they were not the chief priests of the of the temple right they were Secular rulers.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, there's multiple like cults, right? In the ancient sure. in the ancient world, like so, like if let's say you just des- decided to join like some sort of like uh, mystery cult, as they're commonly called, mm-hmm. like uh, right. Isis, right? Which is an originally uh, comes from right. Egypt, right. right? So like if you ascended the high priesthood of um, ascended to the upper echelons of the mystery cult, you know, because they had levels, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a club, right? Like um, maybe. I'm sorry.
0: Like Scientology, maybe.
3: I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know much about Scientology, and I don't, and I don't say, I don't, you know, say. I mean, if you, if it is like Scientology, then it, then it is. I don't mean it derisively one way or another. So please mm-hmm. don't hunt me down and sue me into oblivion. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, but at any rate, um, if you ascended the upper echelons and then you decided to move to say Rome from Alexandria, right? Mm-hmm. You, you might be devoted to the same mystery cult, but it's very fragmented. Like you won't have Mm -hmm. the rank there that that you had back in Alexandria. Right. Right. You would have to kind of maybe start all over in terms of like your rank promotion or something like that. Right. And so, because the the entire political uh, and like I almost want to say religious, poly, religio, polygio, uh, politico uh, unit of mm-hmm. this, of this ancient world is, is by the city. Right. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, but, um, but yeah, I, I, th- I think I lost the question, but um, oh,
2: that's okay. I mean, I think um, what, what I was, I think what I was trying to drive at was once, you know, Rome falls and then, I'm super simplifying the situation, but uh, mm. Christianity becomes the political power in, in Europe for a long time. And then you have a rebellion against that. The, I, I guess what my point is, is that the religion, Christianity, became the temporal power. And it was while it was connected with each other, the re, there was a rebellion against it. And I think I'm trying to figure out is there a, should there be a uh, separation between, I guess what I'm, I think what, what I'll say is, should there be a separation between the church and then the state so that you don't have a, a papal monarch running the temporal world? Or is that fine? I guess is what I'm driving at.
0: Can I add in like real quick before you answer Anthony? Um, yeah. I guess the kind of question I have also is that I know, like, I get what you're saying with a lot of this, but I also know that um, there are at least some of the sources I look at. And obviously they're later than yours. Um, there's a distinction they draw between secular, like the print princes of the seculum uh, or the, of the secular mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the ecclesia day, right? Like the church of God. So, I guess like the point with um, sacramentality everywhere is well taken and not like arguable. Um, But I guess like, what do you do with the fact that there is a term called Ecclesia? um, When you think about the term religion, would you just say that the term religion has superseded the term Ecclesia and has taken its place? Or would you say that that's still like, a structural thing that doesn't quite function within when we're thinking of the term religion.
3: I think it's better to understand, you know, Ecclesia is, um, well, I mean, it, it takes on many valences, but like it, say you have like Pope Glacius, right. With his uh, famous statement that, you know, there's the spiritual power, then there's the princely power. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, the spiritual power is supposed to be above right um and i mean uh i mean he kind of intended as i understand it he kind of i'm not uh i do not specialize in um the papacy so to speak Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, as i understand it um he intended that as you know kind of a um a belief system and power play over you know the 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 alleged powers of of the emperor and um you know, uh, let's just say at the time, I mean, eventually the papacy will get this power and put it into practice. But at the time, uh, it was dead on arrival. Um, it, it didn't work. Um, papacy just didn't have that much, um, quote, temporal or political power in order to put that idea into practice prior to, you know, arguably yeah. the second millennium, uh, although in the city of Rome, it occurred centuries earlier. Right um, but um, in terms of um, in terms of like uh, worldly power and secular power um, and um, quote, "spiritual power, um, I think it, it would be interesting to go back to, or it might be more illuminating to go back to the example of Ambrose of Milan. Uh, and also even to like the decian and Diocletian persecutions of the Roman Christians. Um, so like um, in Rome, the common understanding of, uh, of like the, of the divine was the Romans, whenever they conquered somebody in general, They would always, if they wound up like burning somebody's temple down or something like that, uh, they would go and rebuild it, right? Or they, like, just because these gods were foreign to them, right, didn't mean that they were hostile to them. In fact, there is often an attempt of co-option, like, oh, you haven't really been serving your gods well. And so, they invited us to conquer you, things like Things like that, right? I mean, right. we everyone's going to think of like, well, what about the the burning of the Jewish temple, right? Well, that's mm-hmm. a big exception mm-hmm. um, and an unusual one when you think about the totality of you know Roman history. But um, so the Roman conception of political order was appeasement of the gods so that you could have mm-hmm. peace. So you had to make sure that all the gods were pleased, right? And even the Jewish god was. Um, there was attempts to like have the Jewish god appeased um you know and um and the Roman authorities generally respected um as I understand it the 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 second temple Judaism and um you know as long as they were um performing prayers or sacrifices mm-hmm. in their temple on behalf of the emperor as like you know, look kindly upon him or whatnot, then everything was supposed to be good, right? right? Christianity kind of threw a wrench in that because one, Christianity was new, right? And although it occupied like this ambiguous space of like, well, is it a sect of Judaism or is it a completely different thing? So, like, if it's a completely different thing, then it's new, which in Romanized would be, or Roman paganized is. It's no bueno because novelty is no bueno, right? Yeah. You're forsaking tradition for novelties, right? You even see this recapitulated in, you know, Christian um, literature in later centuries of like their heresy, they're introducing novelties, right? So they, they mm. basically co-opt the whole Roman um, language of novelties as bad. Mm. Right. Mm. Which isn't surprising because the people who converted – were romans right um and so um f- when diocletian and Decius, Decius was about i think 50 years prior to diocletian when they issued their persecutions right they uh demanded particularly diocletian um that the that they perform sacrifice to the imperial cult um and this was basically a test of civic membership and loyalty because if you didn't if you didn't perform the sacrifice, then you invited a type of like divine wrath, which would upset the political order. Right. 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 And that was just a very um, Roman mindset. And now this is completely incompatible, right. With mm-hmm. um, the lifestyle of the time or, or not the lifestyle of the time. It's completely incompatible with um. Christianity, because it's a, monothe- it's a monotheistic faith. It doesn't have the exceptions that Judaism was granted, right? Although Jews weren't really treated that well either because there were three Jewish revolts and they were brutally like massacred and put down, right? Um, by the time we get to Diocletian, like this had all transpired. Um, so um, it's incompatible because if you're trying to appease all the gods, But you have a minority of people that only want to, that deny the existence of these gods and refuse to perform public sacrifice, whether it be to the emperor or they won't participate in a major city festival that everyone participates in, whether they are particularly devoted to that god or not, they still go to the festival and they still participate as an act of citizenship or an act of like ethnic belonging, right? Right having a Christian that or a large Christian minority that won't do that is deemed threatening because you're inviting divine wrath. Mm-hmm. Now you fast forward to Ambrose of Milan and now the tables have turned. A lot of people are kind of like mind blown when, you know, Oh, the Christians, they were a persecuted minority. Um, and yet, Once they got power, they started persecuting the pagans. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, when you think about the general Roman mindset that the entire political order is based off of appeasement of the gods, now you have the monotheists in power, the Christians in power. So now you've kept the basic system in place, but you've flipped the power dynamic. Okay, so if you allow all these public sacrifices to go forward, especially with public funds, because all these ancient cults were publicly funded, just as much as the Christian cults were beginning to be publicly funded, then you're inviting the divine wrath of the one true God, thereby putting at jeopardy the peace of the Roman state or imperium. And so from the get-go, there's always this... Um, tension between you know um, there's a tension between uh, a political order and uh, uh, and what we would understand as a religious order but the tension existed precisely because the marriage was there to begin with even before the dawn of Christianity so um, it wasn't uh a contest. So yeah, that's basically. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that answered the question. No, that did. Uh, or, or at least clarified some things. So what, what
0: do we do with the term religio um, as a Latin word? Period. Um, because so
3: this you, can, you probably is, this know better. Is very interesting because like if you yeah like if you open up like you know fifth century texts and I think this even you know you'll even find this uh and like thomas aquinas and like high medieval writers right where um you know when they used the term religio or religiones they're talking about monastic orders right so they're talking about a specific like devotion or obligation right and um and every now and then you'll see something uh you know um christiana religio or something like that Mm -hmm. right that but like Really, what the term is often used as is is performing a a certain function of, like, denoting performance of an obligation or a right. It's not in terms of – it's usually not, as far as I can tell, um, denoting religion as we understand it today as something like a private personal devotion, so to speak. Um, So –
0: could you potentially claim though that? Oh, this is uh, this is what I'm, I'm just interesting thing about how the arc of the word starts in monasticism and then ends up kind of describing like, are you religious? Yeah, I'm religious. Um, no, I'm just spiritual.
3: Yeah, exactly. yeah, I don't like that answer either. For I mean, uh, first off, I find it kind of like uh, I I don't know. I can't take it seriously because
1: um, neither do the people who say that.
3: yeah so i I, that is true um because for reasons that i i think i've already alluded to but um but also because they obviously do have like personal strong feelings about things and so sorry (laughs) i interrupted
0: no no that's fine go ahead mike
1: No, but I mean, like, doesn't this go back to, like, what we understand religion as, like, so, like, what's the, like, first off, obviously, we can look at the, like, etymology of, like, religion, religio, Latin, all that jazz, but then, then we go, then we fast forward to common parlance and how we use religio, and, like, religion, the term religion, doesn't, doesn't how we use religion now actually more apply to the philosophy of life definition or what you would classify as the better way to put it as like the philosophy of life of how you live. Because when I think, I mean, like, first off, answering what is religion to me is a very hard, hard thing to answer. But then we look at people in, you know, in like, I don't know, like any, any side of the fence in politics or whatever. And you say like, Oh, well, you know, like this, these people are, you know, claiming to be atheists, but they have made these things, their God. And like, this is actually their religion. So you could say that uh, a lot of people who are super, super, you know, pro abortion or, or things like that, like they have a certain philosophy of life, which we would likewise classify as religion. So do you think that there's some sort of like catastrophic failure in equating those two things? Like how like how have we lost the like what what is the proper definition of religion and how are we misusing it by applying it to something like that
3: so i i i i'm not sure the terms worth salvaging um yeah. this is why i'm a big fan of like philosophy as a way of life because i would i, I would agree with you like you know people who are you know um pro abortion or pro life like it's a it, even if it's on that one minute issue, it it's part of a philosophy of life as a way of life. Right. Um, so like in this that sense, really I'm works. basically asking for free for all, you know, it's kind it, I'm I'm kind of dipping into and just changing the, the, the definite, you know, changing the terms here, but, you know, um, you encounter um, I don't, I don't know what everyone's background or I, I know Thomas's background, but like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, I spent some time in, um, in, in, in Protestantism and in, in a common, like apologetic tactic, uh, especially with people who aren't, uh, uh, who are atheists and therefore quote non-religious, right. The common tactic is, well, atheism is a, is a religion. No. Right. And, um, and, you know, again, um, I just think I would kind of say, yeah, it is, but I'm, but it's also, like, what I mean by it is is like it's a philosophy as a way of life. Like, they don't believe that there's uh, an unmoved mover, right? Um, mm-hmm. Although I, I, would, I would argue that a lot of Christians' understanding of what God is doesn't even incorporate that, which makes them very weird in my view. Um, uh, <laughs> to be polite about it. <laughs> um, uh, to be rude about it, irrational and incoherent. um but yeah i i I guess what i'm saying is is that everyone has a philosophy as as a way of life um and of course you can't and not to like bring something else up but like you can't talk about philosophy without discussing the 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 idea of reason right so um, so Ahead, oh. oh, okay. Thank you. Um, I just and, and to by hear- the way, I'm, if before, before I just didn't want to interrupt, but like, I'm having like some sort of connectivity issues, but yeah. y'all can hear me just fine. Perfectly right. We can hear you. We you. Yeah.
1: Yep. perfectly.
2: Yeah.
3: Okay. All right. Cool.
2: Um, so I think a question that I kind of wanted to, um, something you brought up about this idea of a uh, philosophy for a way of life. It does cut kind of, like s- philosophies don't have sacramentals and they don't have things that are, um, Within themselves, holy. You don't go to, you know, the Church of Nietzsche and you know, pray and do anything like that. Or so. I guess my question is, what isn't there? Oh, something. Dude, have different?
0: you ever seen the Lakwan? Like where, like some of those Roman picked, like those Roman statues. Like, man, that looks like if Nietzsche made a temple, that's what it would look like. These <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs>
2: like overly muscular Roman dudes in like fighting <laughs> poses. Um, but I, I, I think so. I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh,
3: on that, like, let's just bracket modern philosophies for a moment, but like, um, like ancient philosophies, um, you know, Stoicism, Mm -hmm. um, Epicureanism. I mean, these did deal with like reaching a state of equanimity or like peace, uh, soul searching. um, Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And, and, and they weren't, and, and often they would encourage people to like, Embrace certain aspects of like popular, like, or like city cults and whatnot. Like, they weren't incongruous with these things. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and often they would incorporate these things into like trying to build like a more rational system of thought that and try to root out, um, uh, inconsistencies that that made it made an overall system like internally incoherent, right? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, like. Um, I think that doesn't really apply for ancient philosophies, modern philosophies. I would say that it, you know, even if they would like say that they that they don't do this, I, I think that they're that they're kind of lying to themselves. In which case, I, I guess I'm being a bit biased or prejudiced here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you know, Nietzsche. Uh, I haven't read Nietzsche, so I guess I'm impoverished in that respect. Um, but like, as I understand Nietzsche, you know the the seeking of, of you know becoming an Ubermensch, right? Um, and um, and and not and, and fulfilling one's will and desire is this not but an object of devotion?
2: You, I, I think you're correct that even in the moderns, even within modern philosophy, there is a object of devotion that they are. um even if, if it's yourself, you, you people, I think you're mm-hmm. right that people have placed themselves or their ego or whatever it is as that idol that they are attempting to adore, worship, beautify. Um, I think what I, I, I'm trying to, I think that what is um, the term philosoph- a philosophy that you use to live your life feels very singular. Whereas Judaism, all of the major world religions have a very powerful communal aspect to them. And mm-hmm. I think that that is where the religion, where it's like a group of people who are mm-hmm. all doing the same kind of philosophy, gives it, a, like, that's where I think religion kind of makes sense because it's a group of people all following the same philosophy.
1: Mm-hmm. When
2: you say, I follow, you like, I guess I, what I'm trying to say is, I, you wouldn't often hear someone say, I follow Nietzschean philosophy. Yeah. While you might hear them say that it does not have the same connotations Can I, as you would say if I'm a I, I'm a Catholic, can, like I'm a member of the Catholic religion.
0: Can I toss in real quick um, before yeah. you answer, Tony? Because this is a good question. It's like, it's like, when you say like, this is where I'm, I'm interested in how you, how you can flesh this out though. Um, is like, if you say philosophy is a way of life, which I can get behind in some respect, I think Peter's point though, I understand where Peter's coming from because it's like you don't go to the Church of Ninja. If it was like the Church of Ninja, it would look something like Fight Club, where it's like you're all just like kind of beating the crap out of each other to become like the Ubermensch in that group. But there's, other than that, like, right. Which doesn't even, mean, I mean, maybe it exists. I don't know um, right. if, it, if it does exist. People are doing a better job of not talking about it. Cause I haven't heard about it, um, <laughs> but like, does it, there's, there doesn't seem to be a communal aspect with philosophy as a way of life, which I think is an interesting,
3: interesting side point. So, yeah.
0: sit down.
3: so um, first off in defense of fight club, uh <laughs> is it not a communal uh thing? I mean, yeah. at least the, in the movie it's very communal. Oh, absolutely. Sure. But, but uh, I'm also like, saying
0: there's no fight. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've never gotten
3: invited to one. It's like you <laughs> But um I would say like it, it, in terms of like again, I, I've never really talked to like a, a proper Nietzschean, and I haven't uh read enough Nietzsche to like the comment on it. But if it truly is like some sort of say um Somebody who I have read like, Ayn Randian, uh, individualistic, uh, you know, in totem, right? Even even then, I don't think you, like, even then you could probably find some social aspect for Ayn Rand. But like, um, but um, I I just don't see how like. If if we do find something that is a philosophy as a way of life that truly is individualistic and like no conception of society, why not just pawn that off as peculiar to that philosophy? Right. Right. So the the I mean, like, you know, cause like even Augustine, who clearly is engaging with, you know, the academics, the Manichaeans. Um, and then ultimately converts to, you know, Nicene Christianity, right? Um, he's engaging in a philosophical philosophical discourse. Like, this is why, because he was, these things, These he belonged to these schools of philosophy before he converted to Christianity, right? And he talks about how, which aspects are, like, you know, in comportment with these ideas certain Christian ideas, right? Uh, but then he realized that there was internal contradictions and therefore the system as a whole was in, in a certain way, like irrational. And um, now he doesn't say he does this all himself. He says, I'm extremely fortunate more in so many words. He says, I'm extremely fortunate. And it's kind of like an act of divine intervention that he even got this far to figure these things out. Right. Um, but um it, 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 he would say, you know, um, the Christianity or Christian philosophy or the vera religio, that is a term that he uses also, um, or and often he pairs this with reason, um, that this is an inherently social and individual activity, that it's both. It's You can't just quadrant it off as purely social or purely individual right so um i i would i i just I'm, I'm not sure like maybe in common parlance when you say philosophy because we often think of you know philosophers like you know this tweed wearing guy with a with a pipe uh alone in his uh, alone in his um you know office you know smoking and thinking you know whatever thoughts and okay, incapable capable well. at Incapable of any sort of normal conversation with everyday people. <laughs> um, you know, I guess perhaps that would be a concern of like, well, is philosophy as a way of life uh, uh, or philosophy even a good replacement uh, for the term? Because it also introduces perhaps some confusion. But um, I would still wager that it's better than and more easier, more easy to um, clear up confusion. Mm -hmm. than, than, than religion. So like, for example, you know, when somebody says, you know, Uh, I I often see this and I, and, you know, I'm not, I haven't read any of these sociological studies, but like, uh, you know, these these people, there's a number of people who say, Oh, uh, Japan is a very irreligious like country, but when you consume like Japanese media, I hate to, I I do, I do watch like anime, right. But like, so like, in in these shows all the time, you know, they wake up in the morning and they pray before their dead, you know, mother or father, right or, or they pay their respects they light some incense right and little you know uh i wouldn't call it an iconostasis but like you know it's something analogous yeah. to that and it, i mean it and maybe they go to they go to these public festivals where they you know pay respects at a, a local temple but then you know people come in with these laden questions of are you religious and they understand religious as like you know some sort of like i guess like Inherently, like Protestantized, you know, deeply, like, um, like deep emotional feeling or whatnot, rather than these. This is just what I do every day because it's. I think it's good and honorable, right? And they say, no, mm-hmm. I'm not religious. So then they'll, you know, you'll come away, in your study, saying, you know, oh, you know, this uh, East East Asian society of Japan is, you know not uh particularly religious when you know if that's not religious then the romans weren't very religious now were they Mm
0: -hmm.
3: um so and this is why i think that the religion is just a very confusing term and covers up more things that are interesting than it illuminates
2: so if i could just ask and yeah go ahead oh thank you i i just wanted to as we're like defining out these really good terms um you know, I, I think the three of us in our basic philosophy studies, we were always taught that philosophy is a handmaiden to theology, mm-hmm. that there is a separation of theology and philosophy, and that mm-hmm. while philosophy is the, um, the love of wisdom and the search for wisdom, it is subservient to theology, which s- serves as the understanding of the divine. And, you know, everything mm-hmm. that goes along with that. Would you, it, in that context, do you think theology is a better term than philosophy for understanding God, or do you think that philosophy works in that sense too? That philosophy can be used as a way to express a desire to understand, like, the divine?
1: As I mean, I guess if, if, if,
3: you, you could use the term theology. I think the distinction between the two is also a fiction. Okay, yeah. So, like, if you want to use theology as a way of life and say that somebody, um, you know, is, is is who's like, I don't know, an atheist or something of of that nature or agnostic has a theology as a way of life, then. Okay. That's fine. I think that would be, that would be appear as more strange than philosophy Mm -hmm. as a way of life. So I'm not sure of like the, the, the functionality, the functional utility of that, of taking that turn of phrase, but I, I don't see how, I don't, I don't think that uh, that there is like a real meaningful distinction between the two Okay. because at the end of the day, no matter, no matter what um, you're always coming in with basic presuppositions or axioms that you're starting from um, whether it be axioms that you got from quote divine revelation or axioms of, you know, Uh, certain presumptions of something that doesn't come from quote divine revelation. Right. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, you're always starting from priors and there's no escape in that. Um, You're always starting from priors. And, And then the question is, you know, what for me at least is like, what is internally consistent and most rational and maybe you don't have all the answers right now and maybe you won't until the end of your life. But you still work it out, gnashing your teeth all along the way.
0: So, okay. So beyond the like gnashing of teeth, um, which is if you do have an issue with gnashing your teeth, you should buy a mouth guard. Um, but the the point though, that I think Peter was making, and I think this is the part where like, I'm not, I can't get a hundred percent on board with the philosophy as a way of life. I understand like a hundred percent where it's coming from, but isn't there a difference between arguing from a revealed revelation which christianity does judaism does islam does that comes from a <laughs> higher power an unmoved mover of some sort and some sort of axiomatic you know like the principle of non-contradiction kind of deal where it's like thinking cannot both be and not be in the same time manner and respect can't you argue that there is some sort of internal difference between a way of thinking that is based upon what is understood to be, um, human understanding and human reason. And another aspect of it that is human reason infused with divine revelation. Um, you can also argue at the same time, which I would be completely open to hearing, like the hearing, this is that like, at the end of the day, like most, like, I like, I'm very like sympathetic to the idea that we all start from axioms, which is, I think it makes a lot of point. And why part of the reason why I literally can't get behind the idea that everything's a social construct is like, no, you can't say that because like, that's not. Really, how you think and how you live out your life, right? There's there's a dogmatic and moral imperative to some of the things you say and the way you live your life that it doesn't make any sense. And you're you're just like, I mean, maybe if you're like going your complete Nietzschean you know lifestyle and you really believe that and you think you're the Ubermensch, yes, and you're probably also a sociopath. So stay away from me. Um, But also, like, I still wonder though, like, you have something like the Socratic dialogues with Plato in the Republic, and like Plato draws a key distinction between the poets. And the philosophers, and says one of them, you know, we need to deal with them, and kind of, I forget exactly what his solution is, but there's still that distinction between these two groups of people: one who deals in a more uh, revealed setting, and one that deals in a more, we're going to hit, sit, sit here, hammer this out, and talk it out. So I'm just wondering, like, is there an issue though? If you, I mean, even if it's incoherent, isn't there still a difference? Between saying there is revealed truth that I'm starting from, these are my axioms. They're backstopped with a divine, and here are my axioms, and they're backstopped by human reason. Isn't there like necessarily a difference uh, between the two?
3: But they're they're both axioms. That's my that that would be my primary point. They're both they're both axioms, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I, I just go ahead. I mean, uh, no, go ahead because I, I need to collect my
0: thoughts, yeah, but isn't there a difference though between an axiom that you would that people would argue is self-evident and an axiom that like I don't know if you're like, for example, the Trinity, right? That's kind of an axiom, or could we call it an axiom of Christianity? Yeah, it's like it's yeah, like the, yeah it's,
3: it's the, an axiom of a major branch of Christianity,
0: yeah, yeah, so we're we're talking about Jehovah's witnesses there. um, but like, it, wouldn't you say though that there is some sort of difference between the two where one with the Trinity, you couldn't come to that by your own human reason, three in one, one in three and something like the principle of non-contradiction, which is understood within a human reason aspect where it's like, no, this is kind of like self-evident. You can't both be and not be a thing.
3: Well, th- so like if i guess you could say that, like there there is like a divine revel like the mm-hmm. inputting of that idea right of of the trinity um you know monarchy of the father and then you know the then the son and the holy spirit as you know a divine revelation right mm-hmm. and it, that is axiomatic but like i just think that um you know uh terribly sorry um <laughs> you're still using, you're still using reason though, right? Like you're not using reason to arrive at the axiom. You're taking the axiom from beforehand. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's my primary purpose. Like if you want to say so-and-so doesn't claim divine revelation, right. In their in their like, axiom. So like, say take like an arch empiricist, right. And they have, you know, the and they say, well, we, we are able to arrive at irrefutable, uh, verifiable truth through, you know, inductive reasoning, right? That is, you know, doesn't have, you know, the quality of divine revelation, right, as we commonly understand it. But it still begins with an axiom and, you know, induction, I'll just take a side here. Induction does not exist. It's fictitious. Uh, Karl Popper was right. Wait, can you um, induction real quick? Induction is the is the belief that um is, I'm probably butchering it here because it's been a long time since I've like gone over it, but basically inductive reasoning is um so you see the sun uh here's like a working example you see the sun rise today and you see it rise every day for like three years, mm-hmm. therefore you can presume that um reasonably that it's going to rise again the next day right
1: mm-hmm.
3: but um and um but the problem is what justifies that what if what if your scale of analysis is too limited and actually what you think is the norm isn't the norm right so you're automatically you're already adopting axioms right that aren't backed by anything other than you choosing to have them as axioms, to have them as priors.
0: So that's
3: my, that remains my primary like point, right. Is that you're still starting with axioms. I, I keep, I feel I'm perhaps repeating myself too often, but like, no, I not. just don't like, <laughs> if you want, if you want to introduce like this quality of like, divine revelation, is divine revelation commonly, um, is it thought to be involved in this philosophical system? Does this philosophical system claim to have divine revelation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, um, but does, um, then, okay. But my question would be, what does that tell you? I mean, what, what, what does it tell you other than that it has divine revelation? Right. What, what I won't have sympathy for and here I'll perhaps take too strong a stand here um, is, is are people to say like to adopt some sort of like Pascalian or fetist approach, fetism that is like reason has like this like okay, I'm adopting like these religious axioms or these Christian axioms or these Buddhist axioms. but you know there's clearly like this mystery here or this uh this great contradiction and therefore i just have to make and therefore faith makes up for all of it now Mm -hmm. augustine talks about this in his letters and in, in his writings where he talks about how like chronologically or temporally we all begin from an appeal to authority right which is another way of saying you begin with some sort of starting axiom um and and um and a lot of people live their entire lives, um, just resorting to axioms, or resorting to authority, in terms of their belief systems, right? But then he goes on to say that ideally, this you don't you don't stop with just authority; you proceed. And comporting and taming your passions, your moral life, your life and action, right, and in thought to an extent to where reason becomes the primary tool and is able to justify that authority, right? In and another, in another way of saying this is basically, is the system coherent and can you actually show it in your head that it's coherent, Right, and Augustine. Um, actually, let me. I have a letter pulled up of his. Uh, okay. if I'll, I'll read it off to you. It's actually pretty okay. good. Okay, um, hopefully, the they
0: have, hopefully, Augustine's estate doesn't have it, you know, copyright. No, no, nah. uh, <laughs> because the issue,
3: no, <laughs> if the Victor Hugo's family doesn't get copyright, Augustine's definitely doesn't (laughs) um which he did have by
0: the way which he did have forget that sometimes
3: yeah so this is what he says um and he's writing to um he's writing to uh i forget who is he writing to um no this is from his uh on the on the day quantitate animae. um And um, he says, Indeed, it is one thing when we believe authority, another thing when we believe reason. Believing authority is a great profit and no chore. If you desire it, you are able to read much, of which great and divine men concerning these things have salubriously deemed as a necessity for the ignorant peoples, as if it has been said by a certain command, or they have wished for themselves to be believed by those for whose minds, either slower or more entangled, there cannot be any other salvation. Indeed, such men whose number is certainly great. If they wish to understand the truth by means of reason, they often are easily deceived by the likenesses of reason. And they slide into various injuries and opinions with the result that whence they either cannot or only with greatest suffering be freed or merge. Therefore, for these people, it is most useful to believe the most excellent authority, and according to this, to pursue life. If you think this is more secure, not only do I not resist, but I truly approve much. But if you are unable to restrain this desire by which you have persuaded yourself to come to the truth by reason, many and long periods ought to be tolerated by you so that reason does not lead you. Um, so that reason does not lead you unless it, which alone ought to be called reason, that is true reason, vera ratio, and not just true, but in such a way, but in such a way certain and completely alien from the similitude of every falsity. Moreover, if in such a way if in any way this truth is able to be found by man, so that no false disputations or verisimilitudes similitudes, are able to remove you from true reason then let reason lead you right so like I have to explain it real quick it's not just a mental exercise it's 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 a journey right and so and he's basically saying i'm sorry go ahead,
1: <laughs> like, go ahead. Some of so the friends we made along the way in our. Uh, <laughs> so with all the talk of axioms and things like that, uh, I feel like we're calling something that we call blue, blue. So we're simply calling something that we call blue, blue. How does that, what is, what is, whether or not the basis is an axiom of something that is divinely inspired versus something that is like something that we have come to reason to be true. So something that we are told is true by divine uh, revelation Um Again, going from religion to to say philosophy of life. So, a religion of life, philosophy of life. Why can't we say those two things? Also, it's a mouthful. Why can't we just call it religion? Uh, it's much easier to say religion than philosophy of life. But um, but how uh, how like how is one thing okay without? I mean, like how is axiom the fact that it is an axiom make religion okay? Say say being based on or as we you know so say religion being in so far based off of divine revelation, how is making something based off divine revelation the same or just can be just as much qualified in the same manner as something like otherwise being re- referred to as a philosophy of life? Like, why can we refer to something that is based off of divine revelation, uh, refer that as a philosophy of life, just like we can something based off of reason? Like, isn't there a distinction between those two things? Um, and just because, I mean, it's based off an axiom, how does axiom, whether it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're calling, we're calling a spade a spade. Like it's, yeah, everything's axioms. Everything is, I mean, an axiom is something that we understand or know to be true. I mean, like it's, it's, it's something that influences our belief system. I mean, yeah, we're calling something blue or that we call blue, blue. Great. But now how does that affect what we are describing as something that is based in a life, a journey of reasoning and coming to understand coming to wisdom, pursuing wisdom, pursuing truth, pursuing others, like like understanding something versus we are told something and we conform our intellect to that thing. So, I mean, obviously understanding truth or knowing truth is we're constantly conforming our intellect to, to those things. But I mean, one is, one is like, one is much more a journey than a destination and a destination would be like the Trinity versus Mm. a journey is like, is like coming. Sorry. Yeah. Interesting.
3: If I understand the question, it seems like what you're asking me is how, how does someone who adopts a, a false axiom versus someone or, or what we would call a false axiom versus someone who adopts a true axiom, How would someone who adopts the false axiom um, get out of that vicious circle?
1: Well, is that what you're we, asking? Wouldn't we wouldn't we describe someone who has a false axiom uh, the same as we would describe someone who has a true axiom? Wouldn't we both both say in both scenarios that is a philosophy of life in in your definition? So if we're yeah, I, a, I would, a, would say yeah yeah okay so yeah why is religion then not a good term to use to describe a truthful a, a, a good axioms uh, a philosophy of life? Based well, good I don't axioms.
3: think religion. I don't think religion is a good term to use simply because it causes so much confusion because you know people want as it commonly is used to think of religion as something that is when you say religion they immediately come up with this category of secular that is somehow not sacred but people who are so-called secularists do they not have senses of sacredness as well I mean they kind of live their life as sacred uh, with senses of sacrality, right? Like if you go into like a say a, a hyper secular state and commit treason, right? It's like you just committed blasphemy, right? Um, so to me it's just this is why I am objecting to the term religion. It's not because uh, of the things that it describes are uh, that it, you know, are false or anything. I'm just saying that restricts and confuses more than it illuminates on a lot of discussions that we really want to have, I think, uh, whether it be of contemporary society or of pre-modern society. Mm-hmm. That's my objection. That's why, you know, again, I'm advocating a term which admittedly is a mouthful. And maybe for those reasons will not ever be embraced. Um but at least w- I'm able to be more clear myself, mm-hmm. I think, um, when I use it. So, and, okay. I, and I avoid committing category errors, too, because I'm raised in, you know, I've lived in this world w- where, like, this conception of religion is I'm, I'm like a fish in water, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's only with great difficulty that one is able to kind of extricate themselves from that.
0: So, okay, so this is the thing, um, as because I, I bobbed off for a second or I think with with Michael's point and Michael, if I'm going to reiterate your point in yeah. like an incorrect way, tell me I'm wrong and then I'll make it my own point and reiterate it in my yeah. own sense. Um, but I think what the Michael's trying to make and this is so this is the way to go. Like, Tony, I like Anthony, like I agree with you on the point that religion can be restrictive because it necessarily designates privatization where it's like, don't let your religion interfere with your politics. It's like, well, that doesn't make any sense because it's like you have your own beliefs of how the world should be and you allow them to impact your politics. Why can't I allow uh, my beliefs of the way I think the world should be impact my politics, right? So I agree with you on, on um, on the privatization part, that it's kind of this like way of siphoning off you know, yo, well, that's religious. That's really, cute. That's really cool. You know, my, my grandfather, he liked, he liked making model planes too, right? Like, that's, that's great. You, got, you, you go do that thing, right? Um, but on the other hand, I wonder if there, the issue that I take, though, is with the philosophy as a way of life, not just because it's a mouthful, because you can always do an acronym to solve that. Um, but it's like philosophy as a way of life doesn't seem to have the teleology of beholding the eternal at the end Mm -hmm. of that road where it's like, the reason you are a Christian is obviously because, you know, you treat your brothers and sisters as, you know, within the image of Christ. Like, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Right. But there's also the teleological aspect to it, which is beholding the eternal glory of, you know, of the divine Godhead, which doesn't seem to be encapsulated within the concept of philosophy as a way of life, because it's like, why why should you be stoic? Why should you be stoic? I don't know. Because it's like, Freaking badass, right? That's, that's why you should be stoic because you're gonna die, Memento Mori, asshole, right? And like that kind of a thing where it's like you're sticking within this like, but like, what's the point of that, right? It's like yes, it may help you within this life of living you know, a more disciplined, rigorous, straightforward life, but when you say philosophy is a way of life, I think there doesn't have the teleological aspect that when you think of Ecclesia or Theology. I'm trying not to say the R word here, um, or you know, just like living within the Christian life that leads towards an eternal beatitude or bliss or potentially damnation. Right. Um, So I would just say you're speaking from the issue that I'm. That's the the, those are the as I'm waving my hands really quickly. um, That's the two sides that I'm. I'm like I'm. I'm going with here. So I don't know if you can think. Whatever. Just go ahead. Say whatever you want.
3: Well, I, I it just seems to me that you're you're speaking from you know as as, as a Christian no like you're well, saying that all these other philosophies right they mm-hmm. that they they that, they that they don't aspire towards any sort of truly transcendent right but maybe you'll say well at least the Hindus try or at least the Muslims try or at least the Buddhists try or, mm-hmm. or something maybe well, you'll, least, you'll make those concessions not that they try, but, but th- that are they you have, not
0: just like that they have a destination in mind as well? Right. It's not a judgment call as to whether like right. so, BS I mean or not, but like that they still have that I, theological again, notion.
3: Right. I, I, I understand that. I would just say that, you know, um not to come off as like uh, in fact, you know, I mean not to come off as like Neoplatonist here, but like everyone, whether they want to or not, or consciously or not, are aspiring. And I mean Augustine makes this argument, everyone's aspiring towards the good, right? Yeah. Which is not a thought that uh, a lot of people, I don't think, really entertain today, because like, you know, if you think about if you give like a real world working example, you could say, well, are you saying that Hitler was inspiring, was aspiring towards the good when he he did X, Y or Z? Um, Well, um, you know, uh, he he was trying. Uh, Mm -hmm. He was unfortunately very wrong uh, and, uh, with catastrophic consequences, mm-hmm. which makes it all the more, you know, disturbing and, and tragic, but nobody, nobody gets up there and says, I'm going to make this decision because it's evil or, uh, and I believe in evil, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, even some, if somebody literally said that they're clearly going for some sort of like aesthetic cool factor. So like they're aspiring towards transcendent beauty in a certain sense. Right. right but they're clearly missing the mark yeah
0: right they're like people who enjoy doing class, uh,
3: and so like- and so like if you want to draw a distinction of whether or not someone is like consciously or like uh, aspiring towards a transcendent if you want to like categorize another philosophy that way I mean that's that's fine with me I mean I don't really have strong feelings about that I just think that it would be. Um, over, I guess I'm in a certain sense also trying to escape this um, escape this common conversation that you'll have is when somebody comes up to you and they say, uh, "Oh, so you have a religion? How can you how can you believe it, right?" Mm-hmm. And to spend because of the the cultural cachet that we have now to spend the next hour or so trying to, you know, I hope I don't sound like too Foucauldian here, but like deconstruct preexisting prejudices of what it means Mm -hmm. to like believe certain things and try to live a certain way and how that's not really that different from what they're doing. But the question is, is it more right or wrong or, or is it more right or true or beautiful? Right. Um, trying to to do that is way harder in the current, you know, way of speaking of things than it is, I think, if, you know, breaking down these restrictive and easily misunderstood terms mm-hmm. uh, could enable us to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, because when people ask me that question, I, I generally try to find a new topic. Uh, maybe I'm just bad um but like i just it, it's too burdensome um you know because when 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 you even begin to have like uh like a conversation about like well you know i don't know like metaphysics or something they'll say oh i don't believe in metaphysics which itself is just like that's not true um it's so like it, it, it you can't escape you know having some sort of metaphysics now it may be incoherent right? Or irrational. This is why you see, um, take uh, polemic, you know, to get back to like philosophy as a way of life. This is why you see polemic between Christians and pagans and uh, Neoplatonist philosophers versus Christian, you know, church fathers of, um, and they'll often accuse one another of being less, of being irrational or insane. And they mean this, it's not just like they're saying mean things. I mean, they are saying mean things yeah.
1: to <laughs> one another, an but they idiot.
3: really do mean it. Like yeah. what you're saying is you're like incoherent. In, incoherent, right? I mean, if you go read, say, Lactantius's On Divine Institutes, right? I'll, I'll, I'll put it on my night soon. Uh, uh, oh, he, yeah. yeah, I was just going to get in there. <laughs> He goes into and discusses like what he perceives to be the flaws of all these philosophical schools and philosophers. I mean, he takes on, you know, um, uh, he takes on Cicero, I believe, and uh, I don't have the quote in front of me, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, he 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 addresses these philosophers from, you know, the contemporary schools of, of thought, and um, he's he makes an effort to show how. Christianity is more internally consistent and actually comports with historical evidence versus, and even with some of their, and even some of their divine claims or divine uh, texts, right? right? Um, Comports more with those than their belief systems, right? Um, I mean, you kind of see something similar going on when Paul arrives in the book of Acts and he talks about the altar to the unknown God, right? You know, Mm Mm-hmm. He, in a certain sense, is like engaging in philosophical discourse, right, with the people. Of, what is it, Athens, right? Yeah, it's Athens. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, um, and and you go to Romans twelve one, right? Where, and this is recited often in you know the the liturgy of uh, Saint John Chrysostom. Uh, uh, we offer today, you, O Lord, our most rational worship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, like, reason and faith are kind of like deeply intertwined maybe even synonymous Mm -hmm. so and the question and so like the question is you know i guess in a certain Mm -hmm. sense i'm I'm saying like Mm -hmm. if you want to create those categorizations of what is more close to what you think is true religion which is presumptively what you would think your religion is right Mm -hmm. or your philosophy and you want to gradate all the other things, as yours as the standard to which degrade everything else. Okay, that's fine. I think everyone does that, and anything else is just pretended neutrality.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting with this point with a reason, and you mentioned with um, with religion and philosophy, or more more specifically with religion, with the example of we give you like reason, uh, rational worship. I think it's interesting because like if we want to give a similar, um, uh, thought process within our own time, R- like science and scientific endeavor is not mm-hmm. in and of itself reason, right? Because reason is its own separate category that we think of and talk about, like, is this reasonable or not? But we I, would, think I would say science is philosophy, philosophy is science, but we think of science as specifically this inherently rational thing that participates within rationality. Um, and not as something that's completely separate in the same way that we now think like, oh, theology is kind of this thing you put to the side because it's you know, this, this revealed stuff and you don't believe it in the same way. Mm-hmm. But science, even though science and reason are not necessarily synonymous, we still do, I guess, to make up a new word, synony- synonymatize them that like, oh, if it's empirically mm-hmm. proven through the scientific process, that means that it is reasonable. And a reasonable thing is something that has been proven through the scientific process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that reason that theology or maybe philosophy, um, you know, back in the day played that same role that science would have played for us now. And I think it's also interesting when you were thinking, and maybe I've kind of answered a little bit of my own question, because the hang up I still have with the reason and the philosophy part, or with the philosophy as a way of life part, is that philosophy by itself doesn't seem to offer, at least within our own modern understanding of philosophy, doesn't seem to offer a transcendent like a transcendent reality of like this other world beyond the material area we inhabit. But then I was like, just, it hit me. I'm like, Oh, that's right. Plato talks about like the world of forms. Like what is that that other than some other sort of transcendent reality in which the soul gets to understand the reason and the, you know, the aspects of all other parts of the world and then is, you know, put into the um, into the human body and then recognizes I'm not going to say chair because everyone says chair. Um, Maybe I'll say like um, uh, flag or something. Right. Um, They see that and they recognize that form. And that's like a crucial aspect to um, to Plato's philosophy is because if you don't, if you take out the world of forms out of Plato's philosophy, that that other space that the soul inhabits before it inhabits the body. It just like, doesn't it, like the whole, the whole system just like, doesn't make sense. So um, I don't know. So maybe we could argue that the term philosophy itself has been in some sense corrupted and doesn't quite carry the same uh, weight with the influx of modern philosophy that it otherwise would have.
1: I mean, is that is that really I mean, again,
3: I, I I deeply question like this idea that, you know, modern philosophy doesn't have like uh influences on how people live, right? You know, so take, you know.
0: No, no, but 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 the point is like like Nietzsche isn't going like the Ubermensch is in a different space and realizes that he is the Ubermensch and then possesses a body. Like it seems that again, you can correct me mm-hmm. if you think I'm wrong on this. There doesn't seem to be a purely spiritual space within a lot of um modern philosophers outside of um outside of just some sort of like understanding or intellect that there's not an actual like heaven hell dare i say purgatory um that exists outside of that space
3: Hmm. the sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection i mean does that make them less does that make them less you know um you
0: know makes him freaking wrong. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Our axiom. laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah,
3: go ahead. Oh, I, I
2: think that I, I think we should be fair to the moderns. While there isn't a come on, man, most understanding of, of it's a minor, minor inconvenience here. <laughs> <laughs> while they don't, obviously, they're not talking about the world of forms or heaven or hell. I think that there is. Pretty often an understanding that I, I think it'd be rare to find a modern philosopher who does not have an idea of the soul or the intellect, something that is not tangible, something that's not that can't be found on the periodic table, but it still exists and it gives us a rationality. And I think that's probably a pretty, I mean. I'm not a you know, I wasn't a philosophy major, but like, I, I think that that's a pretty common thing where even that idea of the Ubermensch is not something, the Ubermensch is not something that can be proven through any kind of scientific, you know, analysis. It's, I'm trying to understand human nature and this is how I understand human nature and soul. And that's... My, yeah. the, Uber, the Ubermensch is not proven by anyone else. The Ubermensch is proven by himself. I, I think, yes. But and yes. <laughs> um, so um I, I wanted to I, I really am starting to come around to this idea that there should be a I think especially for a Christian living in the United States, if we do separate our politics from our religion, then we are probably living in a state of cognitive dissonance. Because if on the one hand, we can't support tyranny or any or or any kind of um non Christian political system, but we can still, but be Christian, be Christian, ascend to Christian beliefs, but then also support non Christian political ideas, then we are living in a state of cognitive dissonance. So, Mm
1: -hmm. and I think
2: that's only possible when you say, well, you keep your religion private and your politics public. If we are (laughs) too, oh, go ahead, Tony, yeah.
3: No, I was just going to say, like you know, often you'll hear people say, "Render under Caesar what belongs to Caesar, render under God what belongs to God." If you look at like early commentaries on that, they generally understood it as, uh, "Render under Caesar what belongs to Caesar," and most people just took that as, at least in the early commentaries, like, "Oh, you pray for your leaders and right. your liturgy. Well, that's it. Right. It says nothing about anything mm-hmm. else." right and yep. you know I, I i'm not i have no idea I, I don't have a like a coherent vision of like what is like what politics uh, a christian can oh. or can't damn it this is, get on this is board supposed with. to be
0: like a crypto, crypto <laughs> integration christian <laughs> integration is coming in here
3: and be like you guys are all wrong about that other shit. i mean i certainly have like objections to it like i remember i encountered someone who uh at, at my parish uh some years ago who um, who had converted from like a they they had gone to a lot of a lot of uh, sects of Protestantism, right? And uh, one of them it may have been a Baptist church, where, or maybe like you know this one-off evangelical church. But they say um, that, but their their pastor there, they said they told them, well, if you can't wave the American flag and make the Pledge of Allegiance, then. Um, then you're not really uh, a Christian or a follower of Christ. And and so, like, uh, I guess that puts – and that struck me as wrong, so I guess that puts me in, like, formally in the camp of, like, I'm not on board with, like, Christian nationalism or something of that <laughs> nature. Uh, because, like, if, you know, this seems to run against, you know, the grain of what, you know, Paul said, and it's like, in in Christ there is neither – greek nor jew and in a certain sense that came across it spoke to like gentes or nations right you know or peoples who operated as political units and like christianity is like those get dissolved and it's just all the way down and there's there's no other like are you an american christian it's not supposed to be like, are you an American Christian or a Russian Christian or something? No, it's just Christian. And maybe, you know, you'll have like these like cultural differences, but it's not supposed to be, it's just happenstance because we happen to live in this age or right. in this world to just put in eschatological terms, like we're waiting for the age to come when none of this matters and that what matters is Christian. Well, don't, don't you think, and and you don't have these entanglements
1: being pigeonheld to this idea that our religion has to be considered a private thing. So like when we're talking about religion as being considered private, like this is like, this is your private worship. This is different than the public square. You know, aren't we, aren't we pigeonholing ourselves or, or treating us like treating ourselves as if like, Oh, just because some people think this ought to be a private thing um or our sorry our philosophy of life ought to be a private thing we ought not keep or we don't need to behave in a way that makes our philosophy of life or you know may, maybe just you know faith and reason might, might be some synonymous so as philosophy of life and religion like wouldn't in our religion not something that ought to be a private thing we just simply uh, are being kept or or choosing to be kept uh, or choosing to keep it as a, as a private matter. Like, isn't this, is, is this, is this a fault of the word religion or is it a fault of us to allow other people to keep our philosophy of life private to ourselves rather than something we, we do or utilize in the public sphere, which I don't think we do. I mean, as Catholics, I mean, we go the March for life is to what, like tomorrow, <laughs> like, yeah, like the March for life is tomorrow. And there's gonna meet like thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are, Making their religion or philosophy of life, whatever, sorry, sorry to make those terms synonymous, but making uh their religion no, uh, not a private matter, a, a public and political matter. Yeah. So mm-hmm. why are we pitching yeah. out to religion being a private as like considered surely a private thing?
3: That's just generally how the term is often used, no? In my experience, that's how most people tend, they, they tend to treat religion as a discrete matter from someone's politics, right? And that just is not historically been the case. And it really only kind of arises, as I understand it, with the wars of religion in the aftermath of the Protestant Reformation, mm-hmm. right? And even then, it's kind of like an uneasy, like, development. and and truce. And then it slowly evolves over time to what we have it as today.
2: So I I think one thing that I want to um, flesh out from that, if with the wars of religion, with the, you know, crusades with the pogroms, all of these things that happened where religion became a political, a tool of the political ruling class to subject the minority group.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: If we, if we don't have that separation where we can clearly say, you know, you need to re like I think what the founders of this country were attempting to establish in their, mm-hmm. you know, is a respect for minority groups so that the government does not latch, create a state religion like you would have in Rome and mm-hmm. um, have a, so I, I'm not saying that this is necessarily like the best scenario, but I, I think that it, I think that was part of the intention where you are attempting to avoid the pogroms of Europe in the United States and allow everyone to kind of live their own lives without uh, influence. And I'm wondering if that's I mean, and I'm not saying you're not saying that's not a positive I would, thing. I'm just wondering what you think of that.
3: I would agree with that. I mean, and and you know, I, I think it's a good thing for people not to kill one another. So really? like I'm even on board with Wait, really? like the, the, the yeah uh, with, I'm even on board with the the sentiment and I I, I get, I'm just saying like um you know it's just I I don't have a solution to like you know you know right. somebody might hop on this line of thought that I just laid out and say oh you will have to institute we'll have to institute a, a theocracy or something of that nature mm-hmm. um and I've probably wouldn't be on board with that because it'll probably just end up with more killing. right? Uh, so um, I guess what I'm advocating for, I think Thomas has, has said this, uh, that I'm, I'm kind of advocating for this um, permanent fifth column uh nature of being, you know, Christian, right? Uh, if we to take it that route and maybe I am, I have no idea. What I do know is, is that, it's supposed to, It. it's what I do, what I have come to cons- uh, conclude though, is that it's, it is a complete, it is radical and it can't really find a nice, comfortable place in the world. Mm-hmm. And it will probably always be that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, but um, I forgot what the original the original question was. But like modern philosophers not having
0: wait that this- that that was like the original question like a half hour ago. I
3: think. <laughs> that, was a, <laughs> okay. that was a long time ago.
0: <laughs> no, but I think I see um, Mike. If I'm again representing your point correctly, I I do see. I don't want to say the incoherence in Anthony's point. Um, well, maybe not. The, but like the one point, like we don't want to institute a theocracy. But at the same point, we don't also want to privatize the term religion. Um, mm-hmm. I can see how there that could be a little bit of almost cognitive dissidence. Am I making a like a, a What good... does
1: religion mean? What's the definition what, of religio?
0: What What is the virtue of religion?
1: What's the virtue of religion?
0: Because it is, it does exist. I don't know if this is going all the way to the back. Is it?
1: Are you asking me like
0: what
3: the, the Latin
1: term means? Well, I, I, I mean, sure. I mean, yeah, I guess we could probably throw that in there too, but I'm kind of just like rhetorically, like, like what, like, are we, are we so prepared to throw out the term entirely? Like does, does it, is, is, are we, do, do are you simply suggesting we throw out the term because it's confusing or are you suggesting? Yeah,
3: that's, that's, that's what I'm advocating for
1: okay so surely precisely
3: can- just because it's confusing it's kind of like you know How many
1: it, other terms can we find oh no
3: oh no oh no were
0: you about to say feudalism
3: yeah <laughs> although i think feudalism <laughs> is way less confusing feudalism yeah. is a
0: stupid term
3: <laughs> i think it's way less confusing but um and, and still usable but yeah i mean it, yeah i guess it, that's uh ultimately a, a a judgment call i guess um so, fair enough. Uh, like, if we're going to throw out that term, why can't you throw out, you know, a bunch of other terms because they're but, just as confusing?
1: But and isn't that so? If that's the case, so if, if, if the argument here is we ought to throw this out primarily based off the fact that it, it is a confusing term that m- maybe is has kind of far departed from its original meaning and now creates more dissonance or more, more frustration and understanding. Than it ought to, or than it used to, or whatever. If that's the case, isn't that a product of our current so like our current culture or our current um, mm-hmm. what's the word um, milieu? Uh, milieu, like how oh, like, a good one. We have we live in a particular culture with certain isms and, and you know anachronisms and you know, all that sort of stuff that like we we are formed by our our contemporary kind of state of life where where we're living and who we're around. Um, society as a a whole and if society were to shift like it has shifted and is perpetually shifting it's a it's a living thing in a sense like it's always changing um it's certainly not dead so if society is changing constantly can't it then change back to a to a situation where religion ought to not be a word we throw away and uh philosophy of life maybe is is a phrase we do so like should we surely get rid our rid ourselves of this term because it's not being used well, or should be the strategy okay. be to better understand the term? So
0: can I toss out real quick? Can I real quick? I think what the question is a question I have also as well maybe we can get into it, is like, do words have fixed meanings? And and can we get to a point where religion actually makes coherent sense within a more all-encompassing, non-privatized way, or is it eternally a this um tarnished? Um, statement?
3: Uh, words obviously don't have fixed meanings, which is, I mean, this is why I'm complaining to begin with. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> uh, I mean, why I'm able to complain to begin with. Not, I'm not complaining about the fact that words change meanings so much as like it has changed to a degree that we seem to be unable to have certain to- types of conversations now, right? Mm-hmm. Um Uh, The the shape of the discourse has already been prejudiced towards uh, Uh certain conclusions, right? Well, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, that's not very Foucault. (laughs) Uh, I mean, no, I mean, I really am asking, Uh you know, um, not to for people not to to confirm the discourse, so to speak, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
3: You know, when somebody comes up with these distinctions as though that they really are existing between. you know, religion and politics or secular and sacred, right? Um I'm truly an advocate for like, well, what do you mean by that? Like don't even engage in like the conversation on their terms, change the terms because the terms themselves have already prejudiced the conversation towards a certain direction. Um and you know, I, I I don't have like a firm answer, Michael, in terms of you know, uh, I I have obviously taken the route that I just want to avoid the term because um, I don't want to confuse people, and um, and and that's why I really kind of want to avoid the term. But maybe that's not the route that collectively we we wind up taking. Maybe we collectively restore it to a more pristine and an intelligible definition, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll happen. Who knows? Uh so like that's just a that's just a judgment call and there's no way of telling how it'll all wash out.
0: Yeah. Well what you should wash out. Sorry Mike, I'm gonna steal your thunder here. What should wash out, maybe words are changing, but what you should do with this unchanging eternal is you should subscribe. So that's that's something <laughs> sorry. I, I didn't mean to seal it, Mike, but I, I saw the I saw the in, so I had to just like you no. serve your power of that. Was, no, I, I mean, uh, you're the master i'm the apprentice i just no, saw one in there
1: no it was, it was beautiful that was okay i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm near to, i'm near to tears <laughs> so, um
2: uh uh-huh. oh sorry i i i think um this has been a fantastic conversation i've yeah i i really it's making me think about i i I'm very sympathetic to this idea that it is a prejudice. Like if you run into somebody and you're having a conversation, I I, I can't tell you how many times I'll, I'll give you an example. I was at a political rally and it was not even, I I, I can't, I think it was about Obamacare. I think it was specifically about universal healthcare. Was it mostly peaceful? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, no, nobody was being violent or anything, but I had a Christendom college t-shirt on. And I was out there, and I was, um, and a woman who I was having a conversation with looked at my shirt, and and she told me, "I can't take you seriously because of the shirt you're wearing." She says, "I already know your axioms essentially because of the shirt you're wearing." Mm-hmm. And looking back on that event where I was in the public square having a discussion about politics, but it was. Poisoned because this person thought that I had certain preconceived notions about, you know, what I'm sure she thought was the, you know, pasta, God living, you know, all that, whatever the oh, atheist, flying
0: spaghetti monster
2: it was flying spaghetti monster. All that stuff was at all, had poisoned the conversation from the get go, hmm. um, which is unfortunate, but if the understanding was, we're coming at this problem from two different angles and they, both of them are legitimate because, you know, i obviously we both have our own conclusion about what is correct, but if that person is unwilling to even engage with somebody because of the preconceived notions that religion brings with it, then it might be wise for somebody to be careful about how they present their position. I think is if they want to have an effect on somebody, they should recognize that the person that they're engaging may be turned off immediately if what you lead with is I'm a Catholic and I'm really into Catholicism, that might end the conversation for some people. If you present it more as a philosophy of life, and I'm not saying that you have to lie and and like say, Oh no, I'm not a Catholic. That's not what I'm trying. I'm not trying to say that, but if you present it as a, this is my worldview and, and you're good and you know, your worldview, if you're Catholic, you understand why the church has certain teachings on Moral issues, and you can back them up with rational things, and it's not just an appeal to authority. Then you might have a lot more success um, at at driving the conversation forward, and not having it end at well, you're you go to that school, or you're a Catholic, and I I'm already going to discard what you're going to say. Um, so, yeah, I think that is kind of a I, I think there's a lot there. So,
1: yeah. I mean, Peter, don't you think that? like you wearing the sweatshirt, like that, that was not a, that was not your fault. Like you are not to blame for their, their notion of saying, well, I know what you think. And now we can't have discourse. Was not his fault? Like,
0: goes, pa- his parents sent him that? I'm just
1: kidding. You were talking about saying like, like this person, uh, you, you, like you didn't even bro, you didn't even like broach the conversation. You didn't even say, Hey, like, you know, like I, I am Catholic and I have these viewpoints. And let's talk about And But even if you did that, that wouldn't be wrong. Because like, say that's your philosophy of life. You're right. saying like, hey, these are these are the like where I'm coming from. You're coming from somewhere different. Let's talk about it. You were clearly wearing this hoodie and this person was like, well, I know where you stand and therefore discourse is over. Isn't that a fault of the, the other person? being more like fascist, fascistic in their discord. You know what I mean?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, certainly like I certainly the other person was incorrect in assuming that they knew what my political stances were based on my hoodie. But what I'm going to say is if we're going to be smart about it, we need to recognize that that happens and not allow ourselves to die on the hill of, well, I should be allowed to wear my hoodie and people just need to ignore it and then not have it have any kind of effect on how they view me because that's not what's yeah. going to happen.
0: The Go other ahead, thing.
2: Man. So the, the last one more anecdote that I want to bring up into this, Oh, and this is between Christians. So whenever I've had um, uh, theological discussions with non Catholic Christians, whenever the topic of uh, the papacy comes up or the priesthood in general, the priesthood, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll stick to the priesthood. <laughs> okay, um, Because (laughs) to respect our our honored guest here, yes, yeah, no, well, like apostolic succession, the priesthood, you know, all of these things that are found within apostolic religions. Uh, non apostolic religions get uh, people of non apostolic religions start their defenses go up, especially when it's about Roman Catholicism, because of how uh, politically charged that idea is in the United States, having a foreign Power have influence over people in the United States. All of those things that are kind of wrapped up with Roman Catholicism. So what I found is actually pretty effective. Is if I want to talk about something that, and I don't want to have all the political baggage that Popism has in the United States. Papism, yeah. Well, I like I like Popishism. I, I like that. <laughs> um, Rolls off the tongue. Better. <laughs> <clears throat> it's um, a Swift's essay where he refers to the Irish children as Popish infants. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I like that's to, a good, that's a good essay. It's yeah, it is. But, um, but the, I like to phrase the theological arguments kind of more from an Orthodox standpoint. I'll say, look, the cops, the Coptics, they hold these truths as well. The, this goes back beyond and outside of all the political stuff that happens with Rome and why you don't like Rome and everything like that. This is ancient. This is the Greeks. This is the, this is the Egyptians. These are the Russians like that's what these groups have always believed and you can separate that. So understanding where, where you're um, where the person's coming from. Mm -hmm. And instead of being like, well, you should not have these preconceived notions of the papacy, or you should not have these preconceived notions of the college that I go to. Sure. But it's not going to get you anywhere because they're still going to have those preconceived notions. So trying to find a way to, Engage them at their level, I think, is an effective thing. Yeah. That's and also,
0: I think, finding common ground is an, is another way of doing it. You'd be like, you have issues with the Roman Pope. It's like, yeah, so do I. <laughs> so do I. You know, it's like <laughs> I open up the
2: news, look at what's going on with the
0: papacy. I'm like, all right,
1: yeah, all right. yeah, well, we again.
2: Like, so, so that's um, that's kind of my my point, Mike, is that it's yes, it is not the the ideal. You the ideal would be that they would have an open mind towards you, but. Just recognizing that they don't.
1: But also, you were doing precisely that thing. You were in. You were introducing your, uh, your, you know, philosophy of life, your reason, your reason. You're, uh, you're, inf- you're, you're introducing your religion mm-hmm. into, into the conversation by surely something. Granted, it was serious. to something you were wearing. It wasn't something that you were saying. But right. it was private. Like you were making it not a private thing. You were saying, "I'm going to this political event." This this political event. Yep. And I'm wearing this thing that denotes me as somebody that comes is coming with these particular preconceived notions or these axioms or whatever. And you are entering a, like a public, like a public sphere, a, a public, a place of public discourse yep. with those quote-unquote private. But I don't think that it is. I don't. I don't think that religion is properly understood as as a private thing. I mean, like ju- just as much as that person was like, you obviously have these things if they were wearing something else, you could, and it wasn't say it was atheistic, you could just as easily say, you have these blah, 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 you know, yeah. private notions that is, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't think religion, I, I think we're being pigeon into into that. I don't think- I
3: mean, this is why I'm advocating we abandon the term. Well, I think it's a useful term. <laughs> well, because if you're using it in a more original sense.
1: I mean, it has a lot of utility. I think. I think it's a pretty useful. I mean, yeah, fair enough. If, if you want to, if you if you think if you think that, I I,
3: I just think <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't work out that way for a lot of people. So, like, if somebody came up to me and said, you know, in, in a general sense, and said, ask me, "Are you religious?" I might be tempted to say, "Well, what do you mean by that?" Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, um, and then maybe go down that rabbit hole, or they would say, what religion are you? I might pretentious, I might be the pretentious one and say, well, um, I wouldn't call it a religion, but I would say like, uh, in terms of a a way of living, I am, you know, Eastern Orthodox, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I um, and maybe that would spark a conversation that's perhaps more nuanced because
1: they'd be like, "That's a very strange way of phrasing it." <laughs> um, um, but um, people, I mean, in, in my experience, when 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 engaging stranger, especially strangers, um, the, you know, people generally uh, like to talk about themselves, and so I mean, when somebody's asking a question, um, I, obviously it come can come from a, an accusatory like like I am trying to separate you from me. It can come, it can come that way. Like that does happen. But oftentimes I think people are trying, like when they, when they ask a stranger, a question like that, um, that is probably filled with tons of baggage. They, they are earnestly asking the question. And so maybe the best thing to say, you know, along those lines, or in my experience has been like, I mean, you could say that I'm religious. Sure. But like, are, like, aren't you, or are, are you not just like, oh no, I'm an atheist. Well, like, what are your, like, well, let's talk about that. Like, or doesn't that seem kind of like, and then you can get down into what you are describing as a better way to phrase it—a philosophy of life, but can just, I I think can just as easily be equated to say like, hey, can't you see that your religiosity is so similar to mine that this is not an impediment to our conversation or discourse? Mm-hmm. Well,
3: th- th- having a conversation with an atheist of that, uh, trying to say, don't you think your religiosity that is going to generally kind of uh, in- ruffle their Russell their jimmies a little bit to, to accuse them of being just as religious, right? Because for them, religion is the, you know, um, you know, they have this very, um, great know, hit hit hitch slap, uh, you know, Christopher Hitchens take on like, you know, yeah. religion, right? Um, and um, the mode of thinking. Yeah, it's a yeah. It's an entire it's an entire system of thought uh, that's that's constructed, at, at, I don't think on very firm grounds. So,
2: so real quick, I I, I think we're right, I think we're getting kind of towards at least the end of my thought process. But I just want have one last question. Oh, okay. my, like, saying, that's it. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> like, I'm well, at least just I. My train of my thought, I think I'm, I'm getting close to kind of having a, a conclusion in my head with what I think, but at what point? Does Christianity start, the, or does it even to this day? Does the Catholic Church or any of the Orthodox churches refer to themselves in an official sense as religions? I mean, the, like, hmm. it's kind of a common thing that, oh, that's the Catholic religion. But if the Catholic Church is talking about herself, does she refer to herself as a religion? I don't know. We need a can and that. I don't think that it would.
3: I, I, I have no idea. Odd. I mean, okay. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if it had adopted that kind of modern parlance because everyone and their mom is using it, but like, right.
2: um, I can't think of a single doc. Like, I mean, not that I'm a, a, an expert on people documents or anything, but I, I, can-
3: <laughs> I mean, religio comes up. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Religio comes up, but as an institution, does the institution refer to itself as the Catholic religion? And I don't think that it does. I think it refers to itself as the Ecclesia. Mm -hmm. And I think it refers to itself as probably the body of Christ, Mm -hmm. the the Corpus Christi, but it, but religion I think is not a way to refer to itself. And I think that that is important. I think it is an important part of this kind of conversation.
3: I mean, the whole language of like body of Christ and Ecclesia is all tied up with, you know, humanity as a whole and and eschatology and right and, and and the age to come like it has so many more and like that's generally how i've seen it referred to at least in like mm-hmm. the text that i look at but you know i don't look at present day text so sure. I, I can't speak to it um no time for all
0: that modern stuff no <laughs> but but you, oh, cool. you also wanted to add in at the end here um we're not really. Well, I mean, it doesn't, we can go on for another five hours. As well, maybe, no, no. If no, no. Okay. <laughs>
2: no. I'm really enjoying <laughs> this. But,
0: yeah. But Anthony, did you have a point, anything you want to add in here before we uh, move on to the,
3: I think there's one thing I want thinking. to stress that's commonly, I guess that I've encountered in conversations about this, like it's commonly misunderstood. I like by calling it a philosophy, they think a lot of people would say, you're just trying to intellectualize it. And that's all it is that you're really doing. And, um, I don't think, I don't intend that at all. And that's not really what I'm saying. Um, you know, all I'm saying is, is that, um, uh, I guess uh, again, maybe this isn't the best way to phrase it, but like Pierre Do has this way of saying like, um, the, it is a, it is a mode of understanding and thinking that will, um shape and lead to a mystical experience um, and, um, or ideally lead to a, a, a mystical experience with the divine, right? Um, now, then how does that work for people who don't, who have philosophies that don't have an acknowledged divine? They're clearly reaching for some sort of ecstasy or, or some sort of something, but yeah. I, yeah. I hope I hope that, like, conveys mm-hmm. it. Like, it's not just, you know, something that you can put pen to paper on. Mm-hmm. It's something more than that that I'm trying to describe here, mm-hmm. which is why I, I – which I think only strengthens my point, like, um, trying to find vocabulary that um, describes what I'm trying to get at that isn't restricted by this um, really – you know, ham fisted demarcation between religion, politics, society, private life, and all that. Cool. Um, cool. is well, worthwhile.
0: I don't know. Yeah. Well, you can have the last word on that then as the guest. So that's,
3: that's cool. <laughs> Good final
0: explanation on that. Um, Y'all are just
3: gonna talk a bunch of smack after I'm gone. No, no, no. No, 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 of course, of course not.
0: no we'll, we'll, later.
3: <laughs> no. Um, but
0: we, but what we do demand as a, a ham-fisted demarcation is dynamic versus uh, decadent, which we can, if you're, if you're game for it. Yeah. You know. uh, so okay. the way it works is dynamic versus decadent. Dynamic when you, we'll give you a, a phrase or a topic or something, and you can just say dynamic versus decadent. Um, uh, dynamic means that there's growth, that it's actually going somewhere. Uh, decadent means it's kind of resting on its on its laurels. So it's it's up to you to think in your thought process. How what do you mean
3: by growth? Growth in like terms of like I think it's worthwhile in and of itself, or like it's clearly going somewhere even though like i just think it's useless and, and stupid
0: um in the sense that um peter what's the word you always use for this uh, stagnant in the sense that stagnant. it's not stagnant yes so the, stagnant. it's not stagnant you can think that it's actually even if like so for example if you if i brought up the term amazon you may hate jeff bezos and hate his penis-shaped rocket that he's shooting up into the air but you can still think that like amazon actually is like creating an interesting product, even if you don't think it's necessarily a net good. Um, whereas you can compare that to like Sears, Sears is decadent and I don't even know if it exists anymore. So does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So we can, we can do, you, are you ready for it?
3: yeah i actually have a a, like a 40 year old leather coat here that was sold by sears (laughs) Uh, and and, and just thinking of i I don't even remember if sears actually sold clothing i do remember (laughs) sears or was it dillard's (laughs) um they used to have like this little video game um shop a corner to the to their mall stores and um that was ages ago
0: Okay, cool. So first one, going
3: off game gaming, um, Microsoft's
0: acquisition of Activision: dynamic or decadent?
3: I don't see it really changing anything. So decadent? Yeah. Like, okay. is is World of Warcraft actually going to go away? I mean, it would be interesting. Uh, you know, nothing against WoW, but like, it would actually be kind of innovative if if Microsoft says so we just bought this big money maker, and now we're just gonna shut down all the servers <laughs> uh, <laughs> and force everyone into something new but no i don't I don't foresee anything uh very special coming from it okay cool so um, um I'm, you know maybe maybe they um you know get some more exclusives for their consoles uh but is is that really mean anything right. Think- Fair enough uh house plants house plants yes house plants uh, depends on what like are you growing like sage or thyme but but if it's just a plant it's decadent okay. <laughs> like uh, if you can't if you can't if it's not edible then it's then it's decadent um okay, well. it it doesn't do anything in, in terms of as an interior house plant
0: okay well um Lamont the seventh heard that and he I'm telling him right now, you're you're not decadent. Um, it's my house um, <laughs> Cowboy Bebop. Oh, uh,
3: uh, uh, dynamic.
0: The live action
3: make of Cowboy Bebop. I haven't seen it yet, so can't speak to it. Can I explain why it's dynamic though? Sure. Yeah, you know, great. I mean, mm-hmm. like it, you take you know the genre of like jazz music, which you know I I have I, I'm not really an expert in jazz, but I do enjoy consuming it a little bit, and you know, and you. It's just such a dynamic way of, like, storytelling. So, like, if you go and watch it, right, and you're, like, 15, 16 years old, it's going to go over your head because you're looking for, like, a consistent plot line that is told episode by episode, but the anime is actually extremely episodic, and the main plot basically doesn't even matter. Like, it only – the main plot is only revealed – you don't even get to what happened, like, the – the main story until like episode five or six, and then after that episode, you don't return to it until maybe like the last two or three or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's all about the journey, so to speak, and the episodic journey. Uh, and, and and really, I, as I understand the anime, is it is existential, and what does it mean to handle one path, one's past. And, and how does their past uh, afflict them? So you have one character that's basically the embodiment. They can't escape their past, even though they try. There's one who can't even remember their past, even though they try and they decide to move on. Then there's one character who confronts their past after trying to run away from it and succeeds, unlike one of the characters. And then there's one who's simply too young to have a past. Uh, I guess that last one i kind of spoiled, but (laughs) like it is an interesting meditation on how does one deal with the past. And for someone who's only 15 or 16 years old, that doesn't really mean much. But once you get into like, you know, your early to mid twenties, you actually begin it, it, it kind of clicks more. So, and, and, and for that, I think it, it will be, Forever timeless, and also the fact that the animation is just beautiful. Um, I, as I understand it, it's one of the last few animes um, of the of that time, and uh, and this still is the case of like that was not using a lot of uh that was still cell shaded it's not using much i mean the movie uses computer graphics and computer generations and whatnot not just for like for 3d modeling but to help like draw things and whatnot Mm -hmm. um but the the original anime doesn't do any of that so it has like this rustic beauty and devotion to detail that you can't quite get with the newer technology Mm -hmm. and art directions so um i it's dynamic and will remain so for quite some time.
0: Okay. But the live action, even though it's canceled, can't speak on. Huh? It's canceled? Yeah, they canceled it. They already can't. Netflix are already canceled it. Oh. They made one uh, season, they're done. <laughs> That's well, it.
3: there was only one season of the anime.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I would be surprised if they, if they did another, like, if they didn't get to, like, the end where, as I understand it, they changed a number of things.
0: More like, spoilers, more spoilers. I'm just kidding.
3: No, but uh, I, I won't spoil it. But as I understand it, they changed a the number of things. Um, yeah, all I heard and, is that uh,
0: there was like this petition uh, people had to continue making it. So apparently they didn't get through all the source material. That's all I got. to Again, uh, I'm not following it. You, so I you don't,
3: say that. Did they? Get, I, I have I don't no know. idea. I haven't do watched it. I, again, I can't speak to it. Uh, I just I ask would, questions. That's I would all be shocked if they, if they if they didn't get to like through all of where the anime ended up at. Let me just put it this way: the anime ends at a perfect spot, and anyone who advocates that they revive it and make a second season is out of their mind and has no real coherent conception of what art is. They
0: have no cons- coherent conception of like a philosophy of life.
3: <laughs> like, like they're just wrong. Like, it's, <laughs> like it ended perfectly. False axioms. It, 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 I mean, you would rather end on and wanting more right and and without the cliffhanger but wanting more right Mm -hmm. it's basically analogous to the ending of the sopranos which Mm. i consider to be the greatest live action television series of all time Mm -hmm. like everyone wants to know what the what really happens at the end but it's left to interpretation and you're just going to have to live with it to your grave right
0: (laughs) so all right well cool all right good good answer um mccormick's vodka uh
3: you know um no i don't i don't like it i've had it uh granted it's 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 decadent uh because you can't really do much with it i guess uh it's not really going anywhere it's there because it's cheap but who am i to say (laughs) <laughs> but it's cheap because I actually consume a cheaper vodka than that. I just think it's better. I consume Taka vodka, uh, and um, so who who am I to say? Okay. But uh, uh, Taka, I, I make work because I think it is not the most dynamic of vodkas, but it's it's more dynamic than McCormick.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Blaze Pascal.
2: Oh. oh, real quick. Oh, go I've never heard of McCormick vodka. Who is drinking? A vodka with an Irish name in it Like
3: I, I've, I, I've had colleagues who did
0: this Oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> You want to know what happens in grad school no. you, end oh up in drink, you end up drinking Irish vodka
3: <laughs> first, first grad school wears you down And reduces you to alcoholism Then it plunges you even de- deeper Into what kind of uh, Dehumanizing Liquors can you consume Further <laughs> So, okay. So uh, it never stops. You you infinitely approach zero. That is the grad student life. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough.
0: Uh, I already mentioned it, but Blaise Pascal. Uh,
3: Pascal um, dynamic. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously I think uh, his whole system of like um, his strict adherence to like predestination is like morally reprehensible and monstrous. uh, And I haven't, very little sympathy for it. I understand like the, the schema of the thought, but like the fact, I mean, the best way to describe the work uh, Pense, which is what the one that I've read is imagine someone has written a bunch of thoughts of varying lengths, sometimes pages, sometimes just like a simple sentence um, as on sticky notes. And then they died. And someone came in and they collected all these sticky notes and then they like published them. It's actually it's actually really fascinating. I mean, you find in there questions about like questions of like royal power. You also have these one-liners that are actually really good like um, that are actually kind of true to this day. Like this, it, it has no context, right? You know, my favorite is great wit, bad character, <laughs> right? Very good. and. How often do you find that to be true in social settings? Mm-hmm. Right, true. often, like somebody who's the the sharpest wit in the room is perhaps uh, in one way or another, you know, maybe they have a too much of a proclivity towards drink and they get a bit raucous, mm-hmm. right? Most and, of this podcast. I mean, so, like, I mean, <laughs> and, and you'll find things like that, um, and, and so, um, and then also like the the famous quote justice is open to dispute. Might is easily recognized and not open to dispute. Therefore, let us not give might to justice because, um, um, because might will conquer justice, right? It's inherently corrupting. And so it's kind of like a political philosophy statement, but it's like a real conundrum that you actually have to, that people wrestle with to this very day. And it's simple, short, pithy, from like the short and pithy to the mildly long that he's actually very sharp and illuminating um, no matter what your proclivities are um, in terms of like, you know, I mean, you could be an atheist or a theist, right? I mean, I just think Pascal, now he also has a lot of like exegesis in there and like the books of Leviticus and stuff like that. And it's, it's weird. Okay, <laughs> uh, but it's not the most interesting parts of it. So, okay. yeah, but certainly dynamic. Yeah, dynamic. Yeah, okay. people can learn a lot from from Pascal. Cool. All right, a brilliant man, and it was unfortunate that he lived a sickly life and died so young.
0: Anyway, well, um, I think we can wrap this up. Someone else has like last like words that they need to scream out at the end towards the void of uh, the uh, ones and zeros coding via Zoom? But there's nothing else we can end.
1: Yeah, if uh, words of advice or words of wisdom, if you're ever mug visiting us this evening is uh, from Rustler's Roost. If you're ever in Phoenix, Arizona, it's a great restaurant with a giant metal slide you should visit. Are getting paid by them, Michael? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. No, I was like, wait, not. did you tell us? Like- <laughs> we're not sponsored. We're not sponsored, but one of our listeners gave me this mug. So- oh, very cool. Yeah. Very good.
2: Fair enough. That's cool. Well,
0: um, you know, Anthony and I, you know, thank you for coming on. Oh, no, thank you for yeah, having me. It was, yes, it was yeah. a great
3: conversation. I, I i hope I was clear. I feel like I stumbled way too many
1: times. No, so,
3: uh,
0: that made sense. My deepest well, apologies.
1: to pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: cool. All right. Well, cheers. 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 cheers.
1: I I, just because I can build a chair doesn't mean I know how to sit in one.